Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. So you may have guessed it. I've got another interview for you guys, and uh, I'm getting so much positive feedback on these interviews. I just love what other people bring to the podcast, and I'm having a lot of fun being able to just open things up for you guys with these experts coming on uh, who've got just so much to contribute that, you know, I'm learning from that I'm able to then go and introduce into my business that I'm able to share with other people. Uh, and I really, really appreciate that not only do you guys love the episodes as well, but you're actually helping me to share them. And, you know, just in 2021, I really I'm really trying to focus on the things that just feel so aligned for me in my business. And with that comes a shift, a necessary shift in beliefs in order to, you know, do what we love, do more of what we love, let go of the things that perhaps we don't feel as aligned with and continue to trust that, you know, things get to keep going our way. So for me, I've always just loved podcasting. I love more specifically having conversations with people about this world of, manifestation and what it means to build an aligned business and all the different ways in which we can do that and and really guarantee our success through understanding the power of our thoughts. So today I had what I believe is my first ever male interviewee, I think. <laughs> I hope I'm not wrong about that. Uh, but it was also um, the first time I've interviewed someone who I don't know, has a very different career, I think. I, I've interviewed all the different kinds of uh, entrepreneurs rather on this podcast, but today I get to share with you an interview that I did with Stevie Chow. And Stevie is a contemporary artist and he's had a breakthrough year for himself as an artist uh, in 2020. And I loved this interview because it was just so different. And the way that Stevie approaches mindset and manifestation and growing not just his current practice as an artist, but also previous pursuits that he has um, dove into in the past and been successful with. He's someone who just dives into things that he feels called towards and then allows them to work out for himself. And there was just a lot of things that I found so refreshing about his approach to building his career, whatever that was. He's had multiple careers at this point, and they've all been successful for him in different ways. Um, and more recently, having success as an artist, I just think is really worth noting because I know as someone in the arts with a background in visual arts, predominantly what people believe is that if you're going to be a creative, then you're going to have a life of struggle. And Stevie clearly does not believe this because he's doing extremely well for himself. But his approach to building success for himself is not the one that we usually talk about on this podcast. And that's why I'm so excited to share this with you guys today. Um, the things that Stevie talks about is more, they're more, much more um, along the lines of just allowing and just being present in, you know, day-to-day -day endeavors within his career, within his practice. And I don't know, I felt so refreshed. I felt so at ease and in flow after my talk with Stevie and uh, just the way that he talks about manifesting abundance into your life and allowing it to be something that just comes as a result of enjoying the moment. And this has just really been resonating with me lately. Uh, I just don't currently feel the need to strive, to hustle. I just want to let things be easy. I want 2021 to be the year of just enjoying. And uh, so this just felt really, really aligned. And I'm so excited to share my interview with you guys with Stevie Chow, contemporary artist. So without further ado, let's get started. 
You're listening to the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Saunders. I'm a mindset and marketing coach for modern entrepreneurs and business owners who know deep down that there's a better, smarter, and easier way to manifest the success they desire. On this podcast, we explore a very different approach to growing your business and income quickly, and it has nothing to do with hustling hard or discovering the perfect marketing strategy. By understanding the power of my thoughts and training myself to think in energetic alignment with the reality I desired, I went from nine to five teacher to six figure online business owner in less than two years. And if there's one thing I know to be true, it's that we're each vastly capable of creating hugely successful businesses that light us up and set us free. I'm here to share with you the knowledge and strategies needed to manifest the success you want. I truly believe you can become, create and achieve anything you desire. And it's just a matter of changing your thoughts in order to change your life. So let's get started. All right. Welcome, Stevie, to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me on. I'm super excited because we've never had, I don't think I've ever talked to anyone with, you know, I don't know if you call what you do your business or with your career anyways. Do you identify as an entrepreneur? I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I tried on a lot, a lot of different hats before. Okay, cool. Um, so that's actually what I wanted to talk first about was just, you have a very interesting story and interesting line of work in terms of what you do. Could you maybe give us a bit of a rundown of who you are and what it is that you do as an artist and entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. I'll do my best. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess to give a bit of a background, I I went through a lot of different paths, but, but what I do now and what has really been um, taking a stronghold and, and starting to garner a lot of recognition is as uh, con- like a contemporary artist. So I don't know if some people don't really know what that means, but that's just essentially working as a full-time fine artist. And yeah, kind of really taken off with that in the past year. Okay. But before that, as far as the more entrepreneurial side of things, um, I actually went to school for electrical engineering, graduated there got like the golden handcuffs first job offer where like immediately they were going public. They were like, we're offering you six figures, like a ton of responsibility and a bunch of options. And this is kind of when I started to be more on my spiritual journey and was starting to read like, as in like I had just discovered who Tony Robbins was at like 23 or something and figured out that it's like, oh, I can actually like carve up my own path a little bit here. And so I ended up turning that down, moved to LA kind of went all in on what I thought was um, my passion as a musician. And that started to pick up and kind of went the the route of void of all responsibility for a while. And was just like, fuck it, I'm sex, drugs and rock and roll type of thing. And, <laughs> um, and then surprisingly enough, this is kind of what led to even a, a deeper sense of um, spiritual exploration because that happened. And as it started to pick up, I started to feel more and more of a shell of a human, um, even more so than when I was working as an engineer and stuff. And um, just started to explore that more and more. And as I went into self-discovery more and started to hire different therapists and coaches and that kind of thing, as I discovered a ton more about myself, that's kind of what led into the entrepreneurial side of things and kind of starting my own business as a consultant, helping other artists and creatives. And then ultimately, long story short, that just led to me deciding to uh, lean into art even harder myself. And then kind of the second I made the shift from supporting creatives and kind of understanding their own journeys better to applying all that to myself, things started to to really blow up, especially this last year. So I want to dive into all that with you. And what jumps out at me right away is it sounds like 
you know, you've done a lot of different things and you've had success with all of them as well. Or to varying degrees. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think that says a lot about like, I'm all about sort of deciphering people's belief systems and their self-talk and where their focus is, because that's determining what it is that they're creating for themselves. So for you, it does sound like, you know, you do expect to create success in these different endeavors. Would you say that's true? Yeah. 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 Okay, I think cool. it used to be more of a chasing thing and, and right. now it's more of an inherent uh, belief, um, which we can talk about more because I think that's like been a crucial thing. Yeah, for me, I really want to get into that because I think it's so interesting. Like I love just looking at people who have had success in, you know, whatever capacity and how it is that they think, because that's, is determining what we're all creating in this world. When you said, I just want to first go back when you said that sort of the further you got into the music world, the more of a shell you felt like, Mm -hmm. what do you, what, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Well, I wasn't like, I didn't grow up a musician. Um, I've just kind of always had, well, there's certain key points that kind of led to me really believing that I could learn anything and, Mm -hmm. I felt very confident in my willingness to work hard. So when I went to LA, I actually couldn't sing at war as in like, I was (laughs) deathly afraid. I wouldn't even sing to myself in the shower. Like I just didn't want to hear my own voice. Um, But within a few months, I ended up in this like duo project and I was fronting a band and we were both co-leading and singing. And our like first gig was um, a showcase at this place called the Soho house, which is kind of like, um, exclusive club we can't have phones in there because it's like a big celebrity hotspot and stuff and this was like our first showcase one of my first times ever performing on stage singing and um it was it 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 was exciting and exhilarating but it made me take on this kind of like rock star persona that i thought i needed to latch on to and this is where the shell thing started to happen because i was continuing to be this this kind of musician person and trying to sort out how to really embody, embody this thing but the further we got into it the less it was about me and more I was just like kind of this this persona and, and it was really confusing and yeah right. yeah okay interesting and so, then also on top of that yeah. I, I didn't actually have like the best sense of how to manage like a healthy living and, and I kind of felt like being that rock star person I had to kind of embody the, the whole package so um, <laughs> isn't it interesting like the rules we put on our success like if I want to be successful in music I have to be x y and z yeah exactly like you know you got to have like that kind of I don't know if you know Keith Richards is but like this whole like persona with the cigarettes and the meetings and bars and stuff so that was kind of like my experience but funny enough at the same time while that was happening I was also playing guitar gigs for book launches of really successful life coaches so like this guy Preston Smiles and his wife, Alexi Panos. Oh, yeah. So like simultaneously, I was kind of living in these two worlds. And, and that's kind of what led to the, the crash and burn of it was I could see that there was another way, but I was living in this kind of what I thought was a trapped reality. Preston Smiles is pretty up. It just sounds like you manifest <laughs> pretty big milestones in each of your endeavors, like to have your first gig be at the Soho house. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. how did some of these things manifest or, or co- how did they find, how did some of these opportunities find you? 
the internet. I feel like now, like, <laughs> and what I mean by that is it's like so easy, like our network and our ability to reach out to people that we perceive to be way outside of our sphere of influence. It's like, they're so much closer than we think now. And that's just kind of how those things started to happen where, you know, for example, like how I met Preston, and this is going like five or six years ago now, was just on Facebook. I was in LA and then someone had like tagged me in a post and was like, hey, like you should like reach out to this singer who's playing at this thing. Um, it might be like a good introduction. It's like a cool community here and stuff. And I think it's the execution part that a lot of people get kind of caught up in. Like um, how I don't mean ask. just like grind it out and that kind of thing, but more like, right. oh, I have an idea. Like, let me actually take a few more steps on this and, and see what starts to unfold. I've always been good at that for, for better or worse. You know, some people when they're stressed, they shut down. But when I'm stressed, I kind of go into overdrive. Sometimes it leads, has led to burnout. Um, but it's also had the benefit of really giving right. me a lot, a lot of these opportunities and putting me into some pretty special rooms. Yeah, no kidding. So, and, and I just love, like, it just shows you the power of your energy, but also your willingness just to like follow sort of the intuitive, like ideas that come your way and not overthink them. Would you say that's accurate? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Like you're just sort of like, I'll just reach out to this person and see what happens. Like imagine we are all just that easy about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think of, um, I feel fortunate that that's, that's kind of like a skill that I think was early on. I mean, even when I was exploring kind of the more corporate path and stuff, I would reach out to CEOs and ask if they wanted to grab lunch just so I could pick their brain and stuff. So um, <laughs> amazing. Cause it sounds so simple and yet something that we would just tell our, most people would just tell ourselves that we shouldn't do or that won't result in anything or whatever, but it really can be that simple, especially with the internet, as you're saying. Yeah. Well, and most people that are really successful, I mean, they don't want to hide information a lot yep. of the time They they want, I mean, people get a lot of fulfillment out of helping people. Yeah. I mean, especially the, like even almost the higher up the financial success, the more excited they're about helping people because, you know, a $50,000 watch no longer means anything to them and they've already right. gone through the cars and everything. And so they're, right. they're almost easier to, to get in touch with sometimes as long as you're just, not just trying to pitch them, but right. Yeah. Right. But I just love that um, belief system because you're like that belief that you have where you're like, yeah, of course, like these people want to talk to me. It's no big deal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Whereas I think, especially in today's day and age where it's, you know, there's a lot of like podcasting going on or interviewing going on or um, just connecting and networking with people to have the belief that people want to talk to you just makes it so easy to then start reaching out to people because you never know who might say yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we all um, have a lot more to offer than I think we absolutely. lead ourselves on to believe. <laughs> absolutely. So this, well, it sounds like this year, especially you've really focused on art. So you're doing that full-time, a full-time artist. Yep. Full-time. Okay. What does that look like? Uh, like day-to-day -day or. Yeah. Day-to-day. -day and I guess how you like, are you selling pieces to uh, private collectors or to um, museums or all of the above or yeah like especially in the world in like 2020 <laughs> mm -hmm. what does it look like to be full-time as an artist yeah um it's so so my audience funny enough I think maybe partially because of my past kind of exploring coaching having a lot of friends in that world and just having a lot of friends that are entrepreneurs and in, in, in different type of fields kind of in the online spaces um my art has resonated really hard with 
e-commerce people uh, in particular. Um, and so, so I kind of have like two avenues going where I work with an agency out of New York and Miami and we'll do shows um, intermittently. Now it's like virtual shows and we're kind of <laughs> sorting out what it looks like to be working the gallery circuit now. Um, right. And then also I just have my personal network that has grown among just kind of the the young and rich, I guess you could call them, like the the young ambitious people that are maybe like 30 to 40 and, and, and made their millions and right and, and just enjoy spending on. Yeah. So you talked before about your beliefs that you have that have made it. I mean, we've touched on this a little bit already, but in regards to, I mean, we could talk in specifics around your art career now. Uh, what were some of your beliefs? Because most people going into, like I have an art background, so I know that the average sort of creative has a lot of inherited beliefs around struggling as an artist, around, mm -hmm. you know, barely getting by uh, or just all kinds of stuff around um, the limitations of trying to make it as a creative or as an artist. Clearly, you don't share those beliefs. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so what are your beliefs around success, both as an artist and, and otherwise? And where did those come from? Were they inherent within you? Are they things that you've chosen and developed or what? Well, I guess the overarching thing for me that has just demolished the intimidation of getting into art, and this is more of a newer thing, maybe in the past year or so, is it's easy to look at art and be like, anybody can make art, which is true. And I, I really believe that. Uh -huh. But what people buy into and what excites people and what's what makes the the transaction an investment and like an exciting experience on both sides is the artist. So like, to me, the artist is the center of what I do. It's, it's my personal brand, it's everything. And the art is a byproduct of me just existing and doing things that I enjoy. Um, right. Cause you know, and, and that, that's really freeing cause it gives a lot of space for me to continue to explore and continue to refine my craft without feeling like I need to be perfect at it before I even get started in the first place. And that's kind of been like my, my belief around how I view, view art specifically. I could tell a, I could tell a story at the beginning of January that, okay. that might reinforce it a little bit as far as like believing in value of yourself. And, and I think yes. a lot of artists have trouble valuing their work and um i think a lot of people will get stuck kind of like i don't know how to sell a p painting for more than 200 500 or whatever and so to speak outside of my belief system and more around the narrative of what what art is is you know it, it's both something that uplifts the spaces in our houses or or our intimate areas but it's also an investment or it can be an investment um it's something that can grow over time in monetary value for the collectors and then also it's like an investment in the way of these collectors can watch you grow over time and get excited about like that they have an early piece from you and that kind of thing okay so right from the get-go I, I i could see that i wanted to be more of a conceptual artist and i didn't really want to be just churning out a piece every day and so when i looked at that i was like okay i can't really sell at a, a lower price point um Cause I'm just never going to get anywhere. I'm not going to be able to like scale to any degree. And it, it just didn't excite me to be able to, to not be able to play on a day-to-day -day basis. So I kind of reverse engineered by looking at like, what did I want my life to kind of 
be like. And I wanted to be able to just kind of create and try on different things on a daily basis and then maybe make a sale as needed type of thing. Um, right. So for me, what that looked like was like, okay, so now I need to figure out how to start selling pieces for like 2,500 US or, or 10 grand US or like just kind of that, that was the question that needed to be answered. And then this is where the belief part comes in of, I totally believe that I was able to get there. I just didn't know how. Um, and I also didn't know what my work would look like at that point, but I knew that I had it within me to figure it out. So under that, I just started looking up collectors that were kind of like not too far without my within or outside of my network, like kind of more reachable. And I found this guy in LA that was doing a lot of cool things that I really appreciated in, in the world of entrepreneurship and stuff and teaching people how to kind of like create their own lane. And I also saw he was a huge art collector. So I signed up for one of his workshops uh, in LA and, and flew down there for the sole reason asking the question of like, hey, I'm blowing up in Canada. Right now I'm selling my pieces for 2,500. Like what have you seen work to get to that, that 10K mark and that, that 50K mark? And you know, a lot of people that like you can still do very well just at a five or 10K range. But yeah. anyways, I just went there and put on my confident face and just <laughs> asked him that question straight up. And it allowed him to take me seriously and give me a serious answer. And, you know, when you, when you stand behind your belief of like, hey, I don't really know what the hell I'm doing but I want to figure it out. This is where I'm at and this is where I want to go. Can you help me? I, there's very few people that aren't going to give you their best shot at trying to help you out. And then, so that's exactly what happened. And then he saw one of my murals that I had done around Calgary uh, on Instagram. And, and he was just like, Hey, it would be really cool if you put this on a, a huge canvas or something. And then um, I didn't sit on it. And this is where the execution part came in. Of, right. Immediately, I just like painted it and was like, hey, man, I'm going to send this to you as a gift. Really appreciate the help that you've given me. And then uh, when I sent it to him and he went to go get it framed, uh, he, he just got like a really big secondary offer for it. I asked him to keep it anyways, just keep it in his warehouse. And that was kind of the snowball effect of getting me in front of more eyes um, and has kind of led to my demand just continuing to grow uh, within kind of that, that world. Um, so that's not really like a specific belief, but, but there's, I feel like that's the best way to explain the beliefs that kind of have worked for me. It's, I'm not joking around with like making this work. And then when you paint that vision for people that over time, people are excited to stand behind you and with you. Yeah. And it's like, it's the belief that I'm hearing is like, I'll figure it out and I'm willing to take action even before I've got it figured out because that's part of it. Mm-hmm. And, and then yeah. actually letting things line up for you because a lot of, I mean, you took the inspired action, if you will, or the action that led to having this conversation that then led to this unfolding of things that, you know, you didn't have to do a whole lot outside of what felt good to you, but it got you in front of eyes, like in ways that you just couldn't have planned. Yeah, exactly. And I think a, a hurdle that a lot of artists get hung up on that I had already kind of eradicated to to a certain degree before that was this idea that every piece you make needs to be the best piece of art you've ever made. And it's sacred. And for me, I just really quickly realized I'm going to fall in love with the process. I'm going to fall in love with just sharing my journey of art and not get too hung up on like this whole aesthetic thing that, that needs, it doesn't need to be perfect right away. It just needs to get started. So even before then, like I, I would, 
like the, the the first mural I did in Calgary was was for free and it was like 15 hours of work or something maybe 20 hours of work but but that led to the next thing and then the next thing and then over time the the money just started to come in just not by chasing it but as a byproduct of me just showing up in the motions of what it means to be an artist in my eyes and so right it was it was so, kind so of like a manifestation thing in a way without yeah literally just like sitting down and, and and journaling it but so actually i've i've um talked at length before about identity and what you're saying is like showing up doing the art you know creating art so that you got to start really viewing yourself as an artist and mm -hmm. i think that then that would have had an impact on how you viewed yourself and thus what began to manifest exactly yeah yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I had a, an interview with someone uh, elsewhere around, he wanted to be a YouTuber and he is now a very successful YouTuber. And one of the first things that he did was decide he was going to create a YouTube video every single day, long before he had anybody, anybody watching him. But he was like, that's something that's aligned with me being a YouTuber, <laughs> right? If yeah. you want to be yeah. an artist, start creating art. If you want to be a coach, start coaching people, whatever it mm -hmm. is before you're making money, because it's imperative that you actually really start viewing yourself that way. So I love that. Um, what I know that you've talked about, you know, your spiritual journey, I don't know how much sort of conscious manifestation work you do or practices you implement. Is there anything you do specifically? Or do you more just have like a general set of beliefs that like, when I set my mind to something, I figure out how to make it happen? Um, I would say it's a bit cyclical. I feel okay. like, um, and I've had, I've like worked with a lot of different coaches and different methodologies and stuff, but what I've found worked for me is like the, the really regimentedness, uh, it didn't really suit me to be like, I'm going to get up at four. I'm going to meditate this amount of time. I'm going to journal on these three gratitudes. I'm going to run and then I do breath work and take a cold shower and, and like kind of list out my whole day. I think that's really effective for seasons but yep i would say the most effective practice i've ever instilled was actually an exercise that, that preston taught me was it was he, he taught me how to understand the i guess you call the reptilian brain or brain or like that the primal part of a brain that is completely unconscious and comes from like you know as, as old as humans are of kind of like the three desires that we need to fulfill to, to be safe. And so what those are uh, from, from how it was explained to me is um, we all need a sense of control. We all need a sense of security and we all need a sense of um, approval. And, and like going back to tribal times, like, you know, you need to be approved of so you can stay in the tribe. You need security so you're not getting eaten by like a mountain lion or something. And you need control so that you know that you have like food the next day or, or whatever. And so what that translated into like a spiritual practice is for quite a while, I would set five alarms on my phone every single day. And every time it would come up, I would just check in of like, okay, where am I seeking approval in my life right now? It's like, oh, like I, I met this person that was interested in my art. Like I'm, I'm chasing him instead of just like engaging it and just like kind of letting it go mm -hmm. or control. It's like, oh, like, you know, I didn't make it to this appointment today and my car broke down and now I have to do this. And it's like, I'm seeking control there and I'm seeking security and like, oh, you know, that person has more money than me and now I feel inadequate <laughs> right. and I'm seeking security because, you know, 
I'm not as liquid in my funds as he is or whatever. And, and then I just will sit with myself and be like, what would it feel like to fully approve myself in this moment? And then I'll just kind of like feel that through my body and then remind myself that everything that needs to be in control is in control. And then I'll just kind of check over my shoulder and be like, is a saber toothed tiger about to kill me? No, I'm secure. And then the big part of it is actually just celebrating doing that exercise and um, giving myself a moment to be like, fuck yeah, I just checked in and now I'm like a bit more centered. Yeah, I would do it like five times a day because it's, you know, you're, you're dealing with such a primal part of right. your, your instinct and trying to override that and it doesn't happen easily. still right. doesn't happen easily. Um, but that, that was a game changer to me just to be, it, it leveled up my awareness of, of how often we seek validation out of ourselves as a place, as opposed to coming from a place of abundance and everything is extra from, from where we're at. Oh, I love that. I love the, like the simplicity of that, because in my experience where mindset and manifestation work is concerned, it's the things that we do, the small things that we do each day that over time, like you said, overrides, which I know that like the fear brain will always have its say, but would you say that gave you a lot more control over being able just to snap back into that place of like trust and flow and abundance rather than falling into, you know, fear or need for validation or whatever it is? Totally. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, it's allowed me to have that, like kind of, you know, catch those uneasy feelings and then release them a lot quicker. Right. Um, but I just want to reinforce, like I say all this and like, I have come a long way, but like, it's still not perfect by any means. Like I have a past of like being a stoner and stuff. So sometimes I'll go through weeks where it's like two weeks and I'm just like painting and stoned every day and like kind of just out to lunch and kind of sideways and, you know, not being effective in any regards. But then, you know, um, over time, I just keep checking in with that. And like, I'm able to like those, those moments are, are shorter and shorter. But I just like to say that because, you know, even though this year has been a huge breakthrough for me and that kind of thing, there's still been ton tons of periods throughout that I just will disappear off the face of the earth for like two right. weeks or something. And But, but you know, I, yeah. don't, I don't stop moving forward and I don't just give up. But, but yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there. No, I, I really appreciate you bringing that up because I think that we do tend to look at other people who perhaps are, you know, earning the money we want to make or have the level of recognition that we want. And we, we think that they've somehow got it all figured out Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's just like easy and you just never fall into a place of doubt or old habits or procrastination or whatever. And that's not it at all. You just practice coming back when that does happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, and so I love that you brought that up just because I think it's important that people hear you know, I'm sure there are a lot of people that look to you and see you as being very successful. And you're like, I'm still a human being and you can be a human being and have success. Like you don't need to be this like transformed version of yourself that has it all figured out. Cause that will never happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And ultimately that's what resonates. And that's like why my art has clicked with a lot of these people is because the messaging that I put in my art is the processing of this. And I really use it as my personal vehicle in the same way as, you know, you might use your podcast or, or your writing or, or working with right. people in the same type of regard. This is how I process um, my human experience. So that's the perfect segue into what I wanted to ask you next, which was what is the messaging in your art 
how is it that it's connected to your spirituality? Um, yeah. Could you dive into that for us? Mm-hmm. Well, it's definitely fluid and I like to keep it that way. I'm, my aim is to not, not be um, like a style specific artist, which, which works for some people, but the type of artists that I really appreciate are those that, you know, focus more on the art, uh, on being the artist and, and kind of the, the conceptual narratives that they want to explore and kind of letting the art be a vehicle and form to that. But what that looks like right now is actually a series that's that's coming out with the gallery I work with in New York on December 14th, I think. It's called the Money Series. And the the whole idea, and this is where my head has been at a lot, is you know, as the, as my cash flow goes up, so does my desire to lean into the material and chase harder. And you know, right. when I yep. get m- more clients that are what I would perceive as super, super successful, then all of a sudden I'm like, you know, I need to appease to that way. And that piece that's sold, I need to make more of those. And, mm. you know, it, not to say that I can't take elements from that and, and be intelligent about, you know, what responds with the audience. Cause obviously at the end of the day, the audience has the, the final say um, when it's out of my hands, but yeah, right now I'm really exploring kind of, the dichotomies between material fulfillment and spiritual fulfillment. And so what that looks like in a lot of my art, a lot of my art will actually have foundations of, of money or gold or the glitz and glam of things that are very appealing and, and things that I catch myself turning into needs as opposed to want sometimes. And then overlaying those with messages or mantras that I want to personally be surrounded by to just kind of, hammer into my brain the things that that are really true and meaningful to me especially in our world that's like so noisy with social media and like a million different ways to live and this is important and that's not important you got like gary v which is awesome but like you know that's one approach and then you have like other people that are like yeah without names it just that that's kind of where my art goes is to create uplifting positive messages that amplify the spaces around us and that, that kind of has sparked from like a selfish desire to also be surrounded by positive messaging in my like most intimate areas, meaning right. like my, my house. I mean, I don't think that's the, yeah. a selfish, <laughs> if it's selfish, then I think it's a good, selfish. <laughs> yeah. what, what is your motivation in your career? And in, I mean, you've talked about what it is that you're wanting to communicate through your artwork, but what does motivate you? Are you, cause I talk all the time on this podcast about wanting to create financial abundance and more prominently than that freedom through mm-hmm. my business and my career and helping others do the same. And I don't think, you know, desire, desire is a great thing. So long as we don't put it on this pedestal is like, once I get these things, then I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. But what motivates you to keep growing in your career? That's, that's an interesting question because I, I really don't feel like I lean on motivation really a lot. Um, it's not, not to say that I'm not a, a driven person, but I, th- I think for me, I used to really aim for like, you know, I, I want to manifest the house and, you know, the Lamborghini and all those things. And those, those would be sweet. And I'm sure they're on their way over time, but uh-huh. For me, a, a massive pivot has been 
to focus like how how deep and wide can I get with what is already and and almost like completely letting go of what could be and just like 100% mm-hmm. honing in to like okay where am I at where am I at and like how can I just like keep nurturing the present moment and if you really keep nurturing the present moment then that future you can genuinely trust that that's an inevitable thing because you're you're going to take the steps to to create those things as opposed to chasing it and then maybe you get it but then you don't know how to enjoy it because you don't know how to do anything other than chase um right forwards so for me that's been like a huge practice and what my my days look like they're they're not that regimented anymore as much as just i'm always leaning into you know where am i like how am i feeling am i excited if i'm not excited then like what's coming up for me and like kind of letting myself feel through those things letting those emotional waves come to a crash as opposed to like kind of burying them. And yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just hard for me to answer the motivation part because I'm like, I don't, that's, that's, it's, it's so um, out of line, at least linguistically with, with how, how I've been operating or at least what's been working for me lately. Um, No, I really like what you're saying about going wider and deeper on the present moment because I mean, sometimes in the world of manifestation, it starts to just feel like kind of exhausting, you know, Mm -hmm. like, okay, am I visualizing? Am I scripting about what I want? Am I blah, 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 blah. And we all talk about enjoying the moment, but I feel like it gets lost so much of the time. And at the end of the day, what you focus on, you get more of. So if you're focusing on enjoying this moment and seeing it abundantly, as abundantly as possible, and, you know, really diving into it and getting from it as much as you possibly can, there's no choice but to continue, you know, manifesting more and more and in ways that are, you know, determined for you rather than things that we've tried to micromanage in terms of what the specifics around what we want, Oh yeah, Uh, which is way more fun anyways, because you probably never would have, like what I'm sort of hearing from you is like, you kind of just follow the flow of things or how mostly do and that's you probably wouldn't have imagined yourself like doing what you're doing right now five years ago or whatever is that I mean I don't know maybe that maybe I'm just guessing on that but how how like if you you've sort of just like followed the flow of like oh now I'm interested by this I'm gonna see where that takes me yeah I think um and I and I know I'm going into like a lot of drops of just like ideas but they're they're concepts that have really been working for me and and this one, again, like I, I've known Preston for like five years now, and he's been a great friend and mentor. So a lot of <laughs> what I'm dropping is just kind of regurgitating things that he's taught me. Um, but they've been, and he, I'm sure he got them from somebody, you got them from somebody, but he helped me understand that purpose and mission and vision can be very separate things. And, and what I mean by that is the more I looked at purpose as being this inherent thing that we're all kind of living out regardless of if we're aware of it or not the the clear my life kind of got so like what I mean is I view missions as like the goals we set for ourselves so like making 10 million in the next 10 years or having two kids by this age or helping a million people like feel more confident or whatever our missions are like we can have multiple missions in the same way that our vision for a life to me is more of like a, an external thing of I, ha- I have this vision of having the uh, the certain car or a certain level of health or a certain relationship and, and that type of thing. And then when I started to look at purpose as like 
the inherent thing that I don't need to try to find, but it's just there. Like it's already happening. Like God is using us or the universe is using us whether we want to be used or not. And that's kind of what made me look back at like, okay, well, what is the through line? Like since I was a little kid, like what's the thing that I've always kind of been doing. And what I started to notice is whenever I was stressed or sad, like at any period of time in my life, then I would paint or draw. If I was having fun with friends and we were like doing rebellious things or I was by myself, then I would paint or draw or, or create clay or something. And it's just, I started to notice that it's always been there in every iteration of my life in engineering or whatever. Like I've always had art in some shape or form. And so when I noticed that and kind of stopped trying on so many other identities and just kind of like leaned into that intuitive side of me, that's when the art started to really ramp up and, and percolate and move forward a lot in the same way that, you know, some, some people that maybe are just made to be helpers, you know, to be coaches like yourself or something. It's like, I'm sure if you look back when you were five years old, there's ways that you're helping people without a desire to make a living from it or to have acknowledgement. Yeah. It was just an intuitive way of being. Um, yeah. The way I kind of view it is because I'm also, I've always been very creative and I create now. Like, so I view like podcast episodes like this one as creating and mm -hmm. it benefits other people. So that's sort of like the viewpoint I take on it so it's like similar to what you're saying yeah, it just yeah. looks a little bit different in terms of how it manifests mm -hmm. yeah so I love what you're saying there though about the more you just sort of honored what intuitively felt good the more you felt drawn towards art and and sharing your thoughts with the world through painting or whatever yeah yeah exactly because I noticed okay. I was already doing it and I was like well this is kind of the only thing that I'm willing to do 12 hours a day if I need to um, and so why not just keep leaning into that? Has that wavered for you at all as you've gotten further into it? Has it become less enjoyable given that it's like really how you make money or do you honor when you don't feel like working? Um, at different points, it's definitely gotten, it's, 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 I've definitely frozen up at different times. I think, um, I think creative creativity in itself is kind of a, a flow and, and doesn't always flow. And sometimes the taps are closed. So yeah, it's been up and down. I notice it stops when I start comparing myself too much to other artists. So, <laughs> right. And, and so like uh, a big distinction that that a, a friend of mine caught was uh, distinct, like the distinguishment between like studying artists online for out of like admiration and to learn versus like comparison. And yep. it's like I mean, if you start researching people and comparing yourself to them, then you're you're kind of fucked because. Right. You, like, yes. You're always going to find somebody that's 30 steps ahead of you. And, yep. you know, you look at it, enough of those and assume that you should be there too at this moment. Like, you're, it's, it'll shut you down because immediately it, it tells you internally that you're inadequate, which isn't true, but it, it feels like it. And then how do you create from that place? Yeah. I often tell my clients to unfollow every, anyone that they have ever caught themselves comparing like yes find inspiration but if you're finding yourself in that pattern of comparison just remove the stimulation for a second yeah. because if you're not in your own lane you're not moving forward at all yeah right or you're keeping yeah. yourself and one of the things that i'm sort of hearing as a theme with 
a bunch of the things that you've said today is like coming back to this place of letting go of the shoulds what you mm-hmm. think you should be doing and just allowing what is and what feels good and what you feel drawn towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to go back to something you said earlier about really kind of owning your value because you were talking about it in regards to your, your work, your pieces. Um, but I, so much of what I coach people through is really building their, essentially their relationship with themselves and what it is that they have to offer because the world will just reflect back to you what, how you feel about what Mm -hmm. you're putting out there and what you're putting out there is you, Mm -hmm. right? So how did you, I mean, it sounds like you've always had value, self-value in regards to the things that you're doing. That's why they've been received in the way that they have been. How did you find that? Is it something that you built or something that you just naturally had when it came to your artwork? I think it was developed over time. It wasn't. Okay. And like, you know, that's, that's, this is a piece that I I like, I think is really, has been really helpful for me to learn is um, success leaves clues, but also like, you know, not to be complacent, but to be patient because you got to go through every step. Like you can't really skip steps to get anywhere. Right. And, um, you know, I might be having a a great year in art right now and it, it looks exciting, but there's also, like a decade of like falling flat on my face, like squatting <laughs> in garages while we were like recording an album and feeling like super insecure and like just, and then moving back into my, with my parents after being gone for eight years and then like getting back on my feet doing door to door sales just to get my own place and had this like shithole of an apartment. And like all of that stuff is like what has broken my, like, like, I guess my ego down. Um, yep. It's, it's just like continuing to, to just not stop trying and, and not settling for like a mediocre life. I think, I think that's where you can get really caught is when you just kind of accept that you cannot change. And, and the, actually I can pinpoint a specific moment where this really changed for me from this kind of like fixed mindset into a more of a, a belief in this kind of growth way of being was when I was still um, working as an engineer or I was in school, I was doing like a, an internship in Montreal and I started taking guitar lessons and I asked my guitar teacher, I was like, you know, like if I just start practicing, like what are the chances that like 20 years down the road I could start performing? And his response was like, well, man, if you like really lean in and just keep doing it, like two years from now, you could be on a stage performing and stuff. And it fully shattered my belief or like the trap that I had, put myself in of you know I'm already doing this I'm like 22 like I'm kind of screwed like this is my life this is my life now (laughs) um and when he told me that it like I no longer had excuses it was like you know you can you can do more than you think like you can learn new like you can pivot so much more than than we believe we can I mean yes there are people that will pivot at like 40 and and then have a ton of success or I don't know if you know the brand Von Dutch, um, whether or not you like it or not, but the guy that that started the brand, I mean, he he was in prison in Bali when he was 40 and then he moved to LA. And then like, by the time he was 50, he had sold it for like 200 million or something. And <laughs> like, uh, whatever is success for the individual. But like, I, I thought he was a great example of like, you know, 
there's no never rules. too late like yeah 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 I think that we put so much of that pressure on ourselves like by this age if I haven't got it all figured out I need to just settle into what I'm doing and stay that way forever which <laughs> yeah. like yeah it's the opposite of that you can pivot a million times if you want to yeah 100 percent so you have you know a bit of a following on social media and I know that you sort of talk a little bit about sometimes just wanting to freeze up and not put yourself out there or anything like that, or not be working too much and just sort of allowing for that. How, what is your relationship with sort of marketing yourself or showing up and making yourself visible? Were there, cause that's like a big thing of what holds people back a lot, I think is regardless of what it is that they're doing, really making themselves visible and saying, this is what I'm doing. I'm putting it out there into the world. You've obviously done that in a big way. Was that something that came naturally to you or something you had to work at? I think what came naturally is I was never in denial that, you know, whatever you're doing, like you're creating a brand. There's, there's more to it than just being good at your, your skill. I mean, you, you can be a, a, a craftsman, but, but that's a different lane than what I'm doing, I guess. So I suppose it, it didn't come natural, but it definitely was reinforced when I, I started to lean into to coaching for, for a while there. And I used to do like a Facebook live every day and these types of things and just started to okay. see what would resonate and that kind of thing. And that made it much more comfortable for me to just like keep putting myself out there and not, not worry about being judged too hard. Cause I get, I get messages like at least once a week of like, you know, your art sucks or you suck or like. <laughs> you're hiding behind pop art and or just like just mean things, but you know, yeah. that that's not what it's about. The, the good outweighs the bad when you're Absolutely. being yourself. Have you used like the same, essentially like the same Instagram account for all of your different endeavors or like coaching and now art, like have you just transitioned? Yeah. Okay. I love that. Cause a lot of the time, like, People think that they need to know what it is that they're doing in their business or what it is that they're building online. And then that's it. Like they need to stay that way forever and their audience won't follow them. If they have an idea for something new, that needs to be like an entirely new Instagram account. And I completely disagree. My Instagram mm-hmm. account was like a vegan food recipes account. And then it was like me on YouTube. And then it was me like just figuring out this world of coaching. Now I share more of like my artwork and just my day-to-day stuff. But I think like what you're saying is building a brand that is you. And mm-hmm. that's what people are are interested in and following. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since now, you know, you, you can paint a false picture fairly easily and, and people, but people can also read that. And uh-huh. I, I think finding ways to show people a certain level, level of transparency and we all get to choose what that looks like. That that's what people resonate with. And that's what people love to see is how, how does your mind work? What are you processing? Like, what are you working on? Like everything. Um, but again, you know, we get to choose what's private and what isn't. And I've like over time kind of curated and refined, like what kind of stuff I put online, but, I, th- I think, you know, if you're building a personal brand, to, to not be putting anything online is is kind of doing a disservice to the people that yep. that might like to watch your journey kind of grow, and yes. see you fail and and try again and, and like, totally, it's huge. That's what be- they become invested in, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Is you. So I really loved what you said about like people are investing in you and like your artwork as an extension 
of you. Your products or your services are an extension of you. Um, I think that, I don't know, it just creates such a, like, it makes it so simple. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can really, I did like, like mostly I offer um, courses and programs and coaching to entrepreneurs, but then I started doing more like stuff that was just mindset based. And then like, even last month I was like, I want to have people paint with me once a week. And I did like a landscapes painting course. And it was like, it's all me. It's all things that I'm interested in. So I'm just going to trust that and put it out there, even though another business coach would maybe be like, well, is this really on brand for talking to your audience about building an aligned business? And it's like, well, it is, if I want to do it, you know, like it all fit. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, um, mm -hmm. I think in that that same breath, there's always something to be said for, you know, do uh, nurture like specific things enough so that they don't just absolutely kind of, you know, get too washed in the mix of a million different things. But but yeah, that's awesome with the art thing, because I feel like art, there's a lot of parallels to art and and life. You know, if you make a mistake on a canvas, you got to roll with it. And it's the same thing with anything else. Absolutely. Um, So I just sort of like wrap things up. I want to hear, you know, you've had a a successful year in the world of 2020, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. has looked very different for different people. And how has, what does that look like for you, given that, you know, you've been doing well in your, in your career as an artist in a year when there's just been no stability of any kind and everything's been up in the air, what's kind of grounded you and been helped you to be empowered in choosing your success, regardless of what's going on in the world or how maybe has it even benefited you if it has? Yeah, I think I've definitely benefited in some ways. Um, You know, it's different for everybody. I think a lot of people are hit just by the luck of the draw, like have been hit a lot worse. I have some friends that are in the restaurant business or run clothing companies and have brick and mortar stuff going. And, you know, that's no matter how much you pivot, it's going to be a tough year for those people. But from, from the get go being like an online business in a way has been very helpful. And then I also, uh, I just have like a lot of clients that are in e-commerce and um, (laughs) e-commerce has kind of exploded this year for a lot of people. And, Right. So I, I've kind of had the the good fortune to be able to kind of be unhindered by my my demand going down per se. And you know, I think overall the art business, what what's happened is a lot of people have got scared about the stock market and and real estate because of the volatility of, of the swings this year and collectibles and the the art art world and art collecting. They've actually increased quite a lot this year just as a whole entire industry Interesting. Um, you know a, a lot of people are at home looking at their walls yeah. they're like yeah i'll get get a piece from this guy maybe from this guy and i mean shit there's even a resurgence in pokemon cards and people are collecting <laughs> pokemon cards and investing absurd amounts of money into these these things and but from a more spiritual side every year i've started to appreciate more and more that relationships are everything community is everything and like creating containers with people that you really resonate with. So uh, me and some friends have kind of taken that into our own hands and kind of every 90 days we'll, we'll create a container, like kind of a a men's group where we'll just create a space to kind of drop in with each other every week and just see how everybody's doing. Like, you know, what are you committed to? What do you want us to hold you accountable? And that kind of thing, because it can be very isolating right now. And I think just, 
making those pushes to to talk to people on a regular basis, even if it is over Zoom calls, just it's it's been so helpful. Yeah, I think it's so necessary for everybody to decide what they need at this time, mm-hmm. um, and also how we can contribute to other people. Yeah, yeah, you know. So yeah, well, um, I've really enjoyed this talk, and I really feel inspired listening to you talk just about like I get a, a real sense of allowing for you. Like you just allow things to sort of unfold and you allow your inspiration or your intuitive your intuition to take you where it wants to take you. And just it almost reminds me of um a book of I think I've talked about on here before called The Surrender Experiment. Have you ever read by Michael Singer? Uh I read his book The Untethered Soul. Okay, um, yeah. Uh he has another book about really just allowing life to lead him um, and the things that unfold in that. And it's not, he's, you know, aware of manifestation and he does all kinds of meditation and all that kind of stuff as well. But it's like the power in just kind of trusting either your intuition or the universe, if you will, or just life in general and what, where that kind of can take you. Um, so I don't know if that resonates with you, but that's sort of what mm-hmm. I'm left with listening to you is just like an allowing and just an enjoying and just a general curiosity for life and a, and a desire to make the most of it wherever you can. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So just thank you so much, Stevie. I really appreciate your time and, um, where can people connect with you online? Yeah, the most active place is at Mr. Stevie Chow on Instagram. I've been pretty active on TikTok as well. But if you're oh, cool. if you're wanting to like really engage with me, then, then Instagram is the place. Awesome. And um, well, I will uh, link that for people in the show notes. And um, yeah, just thank you so much for for joining us. I appreciate it. Cheers. Bye.